Hey y'all, what's up? Welcome back to Drew Presents with your boy Drewski. Y'all like how I hit that note, right? So, I, listen, I'm tired of saying I'm back and y'all probably tired of me saying that shit. So just be happy that there's a motherfucking episode. <laughs> what's up, y'all? How y'all been? Where the hell have I been, right? I've been around. First of all, let me just say this. I have so much respect for people that rap, sing, whatever you do. I literally was in a studio. Well, I was recording with my brother and just like playing around. And he wrote this little part of a song and I was like, oh, excuse me. So he was trying to, he was trying to get it, like trying to lay it down. And then I was like, oh, let me try, like just to be funny. And I tried a few times and... Of course, I was a perfectionist, you know. Hello, Beyonce is my mother. Let me say no. no. But it's like, I have so much respect because you have breathing control, even the position of how you have to have the phone like when you're reading the words. Like, I have so much respect for those people. Like, that shit was so hard. Like, I felt like I was out of breath. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, not that long. And it's like weird how you have... I don't, it just was weird, but I, I will honestly say I did like it. So I think I'm going to start saying, <laughs> so people that know me know that I can't sing. So that's why I'm laughing so hard. I, I think it's hilarious that I think that I'm a vocalist now because I've been in a booth one time, just once, just once. Um, so listen. As you guys know, this episode is going to be about foster care, as you can see from the title. Um, that's what my life, that's what I've been up to. Like, having a child is a lot of work. There's two of us. There's so, I hate when people say moving pieces. But there are so many moving pieces that cause things to get put on the back burner. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll get to that. Or the baby needs this. Or we have to go to this appointment. Or, you know, we're trying to go here, go there, go plan a vacation, go on a concert. Whatever the situation is, or go on a concert, go to a concert. Um, whatever it is, it's just that it's life is lifing. And I listen, let me first just thank God because I could be homeless on the street. I could be... not successful. I'll just say that. I could be not successful and really struggling out here wondering where I'm going to get my next meal from or who's going to pay my light bill or whatever the situation is. And I'm just I'm really really grateful for what I do have and I think it's very important to you know, be in that mode of like, listen, I'm just grateful. So, let me just catch you up to like what I've been doing. Well, I'm just going to tell you about one thing. I don't know about what I've been doing. So I went to the Beyonce concert, before we get into the Foster Care stuff, went to the Beyonce concert, obviously I was blown the fuck away, right? That that would only make sense. Um, it was definitely a different tour. It was definitely a different tour. It wasn't what you're used to with all of the dancing and, you know, all of the, I mean, there was definitely theatrics, but it wasn't as much theatrics as I, I'm used to, I think, but... 
I will honestly say, like, I feel like this tour, I'm, I'm willing to go on record and say that she probably will say this was her favorite tour. Even if she does one after this, she's going to say this was her favorite tour because it looks like she's having so much fun. She's not really concerned about dance routines. It's really about let me go out here and celebrate with my fans or whatever you want to call yourselves. So some people don't like to be called fans. Um, let me just celebrate this album with them. And the great thing about us is that we... So I went to the MetLife show on July 29th, which was the one-year anniversary for the Renaissance album. Of course, she mentioned it. It would only make sense. And the crowd went fucking crazy. And it just was... I can't even tell you how moved and how, you know, how grateful I, I am to just attend. And, like, people was watching it online and... Oh, I'm watching, you know, I I stayed away from watching those clips and all of that. Of course, I saw some stuff like just scrolling shit. And I'm like, oops, nope, keep going. But I'm glad that I didn't watch the show because I didn't, I didn't want to know what was going to happen. Only thing that I knew was the mute thing. And if you know, if you don't know, go look it up. If you do know, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really good show. Um, I got to go with... My husband, my cousin, and my cousin-in-law. Like, it, we just had a great-ass time. Of course, it was hard as fuck to get in and out. Because that's always how it is at a concert. It's like fucking mayhem. Why am I cursing so much? I don't even know. But it was really, really, really a great show. And I would recommend going to it if you can. You will definitely enjoy yourself. All right, so let's roll into these topics. Last time we spoke, we said we were going to talk about placements and how that works and all of that shebang. So that's what I'm going to discuss uh, this week for you guys so you can have an idea. Um, got so many positive reviews. And if you guys want me to talk about anything else, maybe I'll just go through the whole chapter. Maybe I'll name this the, like, Foster Care series. Um, so if you guys need to know about getting licensed and certified and all of that stuff then you should listen to the video before this one which is entitled um i think eligibility or how to qualify something like that so this one is going to be called placements obviously um so basically how it works is once you're licensed now you get put on a list of eligible homes for a child to be placed in that means you've gone through the training and now you are ready to do a placement <laughs> so typically you'll get a placement from a phone call that's like the most common way that you get a placement um also you have email so once like there's an once they have your email they might email you or shoot you a text um also the final way i know that you might get one is like do a facebook group so like a facebook group or like i know for our area we have a facebook group which is very informative because it gives you a lot of information regarding excuse me, regarding like just foster care in general like classes um if there's like little uh events that's happening for free for foster families if you have kids you could come um even some of them might have even like daycare for like small children which is amazing because who doesn't want to get out sometime and enjoy being around other adults if that's what you choose to do so like I said, the most, I'm going to talk about the most common one, which is the phone call. 
So typically the phone call probably goes something like, um, hey, we're giving you a call. Um, we have, a, I'm just gonna make this up. We have a three-year-old placement who's needing a place to go. These are the stats of the child, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes it can be very minimal, okay? I'm gonna be honest with you. Sometimes they'll be like, this child is three years old. His name is Drew Thomas. And that's all the information we have. And you're like, wait, what? So why are you calling me? And it's almost like a process of you having to figure out, you know, whatever you need to figure out. So for me, I say like important questions. And I haven't thought of these questions until now that I've been in for over a year now. Um, but some important questions probably to ask when you're getting that phone call is, all right, um, is this going to be a long-term or short-term placement? Because that might de- that could def- that could depend on if um you're going to accept the child, depending on what you have going on, you know? Because sometimes they'll call you, and it's a Friday at 4 o'clock, and they need a decision within an hour, you know? Um, so, yeah, I would say, is it going to be a long- or short-term placement? Uh, do we... Do the child has any allergies that you know of? Which I will honestly tell you, most of the times they say we don't know because they don't know. Only way they'll know is if the child has already been in care and that child is being moved from another home. Then they might have more information. But most of the times they have no information. Um, probably something important to ask is if, is the child um, have any diet restrictions? Because a lot of times in our area, we do have a lot of parents that... Uh, their religion is, you know, they're Muslim. So they don't eat pork. They only drink 2% milk. So sometimes these children will come and they have this diet restriction. So if you're eating pork chops every night, which I don't know what bitch that is, but if you eat pork chops every night, that might not be the child for you because you have to prepare another meal for this child. Um, another important question to ask is, you know, are they vaccinated? And when I say vaccinated, not meaning COVID vaccinated, but do they have their shots that we all get? You know, when we were little kids, sometimes they don't have any immunizations. And that's important to me. Like, I know for me, now I need to know, like, do you have, are you up to date with your shots? Um, What's something else? I'm trying to think. Something that's like a popular one. Um, Yeah. Also, is there visits? What day are the visits going to be? Because if, let's just say that's your day that you go into the office, if you're working like hybrid or something, that might conflict with with your schedule. So I don't want to set, you don't want to take a placement and you're not prepared to accept this child. And now the child is coming in with restrictions. And now I'm trying to move stuff around or I'm trying to get this child prepared. It gets a little too conflicted. And the next thing you know, you're saying, I have to get the child back. And I'll be the first to admit that's what happened to us. We accepted a child and it was a lot happening. As I stated, it was too many pieces that I don't like to say, but it was a lot happening where we had to end up rehoming. And that's something that I really beat myself up about because I felt like when I first got into foster care, I said, I will never, ever rehome a child. There's no way. But unfortunately, you know, we had to, um, we dealt with it, but I really was, I felt sad about it because I feel like the children go through enough trauma and that's exposure. And it's like this child comes and meets you and now they learn your way and then they move to the next house. But, you know, greatly, the child was not here that long. 
Um, but typically what they do ask is that if you do ask for the child to be rehomed to give them two weeks to rehome the child, uh, they was able to rehome our child within five days, which was great for us because it was just a lot. It was definitely a lot. And having a newborn and that other child, it was definitely, it was definitely a lot. So, um, what was I going to say? Placements. Yeah, placements. So, you want to just make sure that you're asking the important questions before they drop their child off. Because again, depending on where you live, who knows what the rehoming process is like. Someone told me that they told them once, give them 30 days. And they'll find the child a new home. And I'm like, wow, 30 days? A lot can happen in 30 days, you know? So to be responsible when you're trying to get something done and say, no, you have to give us 30 more days, that's a long, long time. Um, also, just be... I'm going to go to the arrival part because I feel like when the child first come, it's almost like you don't know what to do because you're like, do I hug them? Do I say hi? This, and like, I thought I was in my head and literally you just say hi and my name is blank. What's your name? Obviously, depending on how old the child is. Um, you know, also just keep in mind that a lot of times some kids come with a whole bunch of stuff. Some of them come with nothing. And literally, you're going to be going shopping next day trying to get this child some clothes. Now, me personally, I prefer you to come with nothing because I don't know where you came from. I don't know what those living conditions were like. I don't know if y'all had roaches, ants, termites, mice. I'm not sure what you got going on in your old house. And not saying that it could just be their home. It could also be from another foster family. Who knows? I think all of us can honestly say if I went to someone's home if I don't live here and if it wasn't clean, you would be like, what's going on here? You know, you just never know what's coming from someone else's home. So if someone hands you a bag of clothes, especially when you don't know them, you're looking at this bag like, what's, what the hell is in there? What y'all got going on? You know what I mean? Even if it does look clean, I'm sorry. That's just always how you're going to view it because it's going to have a scent. It smells like that other person's home. It doesn't smell like your home. So, um, I'll tell you one trick that someone told me was that if they do come with bags, leave it in your garage, leave it outside <laughs> because you don't know what's in that stuff. So, um, I did take them up on that. So that's something I'll definitely give you a tip on when it comes to the placements. Um, also nothing is final. Like you could literally get a call and they say, oh, this child is coming this day. And then... Which, what I've learned is that if it's like, a, like if not a delay, but if it's like, oh, so say they call today, which is August 8th, and they said, oh, the child's not going to come until August 15th. Do not plan for that child to come August 15th. Wait for them to say, we are en route. Because a lot of times, things can change. People could come in. Families could come in. Oh, we're going to take this child, and then here it is. You start buying toys for this kid, and now they're not coming no more. Now, it's great to keep it because, obviously... The next child that's coming in can have it. Um, but what I will honestly say, which our case is a bit, a little different because we haven't had, this is the first place that we had, placement we've had where the child has stayed for longer than a week. <laughs> so normally we got a child, they would be here like five days and then they were leaving. Um, so we didn't really get a chance to say, oh, well, this child was here for six months. These are all their toys, and they're taking them to their next place, or they're going back 
with bio parents, so now they're going back. So we haven't really experienced that. But what I will say is that, in my opinion, if a child didn't live with me for six months, like the our current kiddo right now, if he was to leave and go back with his bio family or if they decided to rehome him for whatever reason, all of the stuff that I brought him is going to go with him, all of his toys. Um, obviously, if it's another force of him, I would ask who they want the clothes and I'll make sure that I wash them if that was possible. Because, um, again, I don't want to be on the receiving end of receiving your clear plastic bag full of clothes. You see what I'm saying? So it's always good to have some type of dialogue if it's if they are going to another foster home. And you might ask, well, why would they be going to another foster home? It just depends. Like some foster families can't maintain a child. You know, people grow. So for instance, like if you're like, I don't know, let's just say you're 45 and then you decide to get a baby you know, in five years, that child is five, they're active. Maybe you're a 50-year-old that's not active. That might be something where you need to rehome them. Or, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other shit, but I can't think of anything. But you guys get the gist of it. Basically, the placement comes in. The call comes in. They tell you very limited information. It is up to you as the foster parent to ask the important question that works for your family. If it does not work for your family, do not hesitate to tell them now. You know what I mean? Say no. Mm -mm, no, no thanks. Also, it's good to have a criteria. Say, okay, we're going to go from this age to this age. If you want a specific race, go from this, from black to white, Spanish, whatever, how you want to go. This is what we're going to do. What I will say is that that's changed for us. We were very adamant about an age and a race. That has changed. <laughs> um, I just feel like just be open. Be open to whatever. Now, don't be open to numbers. Because I feel like some people, are like, mm, I totally take 16-year-olds. And like, mm, them 16-year-olds are too bad. I got to go down to 12. Don't be open to the to the numbers. Because I feel like you don't know what you're going to get when you start growing up. But, yeah, that's pretty much about placements. Like, you just, you just get the call. And then you get the information. And then you make an informative decision, decision whether, you not, whether or not you want to allow that child into your home. And if you do, when they arrive, scoop them up, show them love. Obviously, sometimes these children are scared. If it's a baby, you probably don't have to really worry about that. But if it's definitely a child that's, that can walk and talk and knows things, that child is going to probably say some things to you that might even hurt your heart. Because it's happened to me where the child has said, I miss my, ma my mommy or I want my mommy. And then what is your response? You know, and what I'll say, my response was, well, I think you're going to be able to see your mommy soon. OK, because you want to make sure the child feels safe and feel like, OK, I got you as well. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's that on placements. All right. So lastly, um, I'm going to talk about how there's a new variant for COVID. I can't believe we're talking about this because allegedly in May, the pandemic was considered to be over, right? But now there's like, they've seen a rise of like 55% of COVID cases in New York State or New York State, I forgot, in New York, or just say New York. And everyone is catching this new variant from COVID. Is this just where life is now? Like, we're just going to have these variants and we're no longer going to be able to just be normal anymore? I mean, I guess we do have some type of normalcy because we're just like, oh, okay, we are now here. 
we're still we're going to events. Obviously, I think if people started getting really, really sick, then we probably would just go into isolation mode. Um, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I'm going away this weekend. And I'm like, well, maybe I should put this mask back on. Because <laughs> I can honestly say, like, I stopped wearing the mask. Like, because I think, first of all, it's too fucking hot to have on the mask. That's number one. Then number two, I'm like, well... The numbers are not that bad, whatever, whatever. COVID seems to be, like, controllable. And I think it's still... I think COVID is controllable overall. But I do think... Who wants to catch COVID? Like, who wants to have some of those symptoms if you're feeling bad? I mean, I guess if you don't feel any type of... If you didn't have any symptoms, who cares? But I think just... Just... Just having that stamp on you is just a little scary. So I wanted to bring that up. Um, I also wanted to bring up <clears throat> this. I feel like I hate to end on this. Excuse me. I hate to end on this topic, but death. Because I was watching a video of my friend. She recently lost her mom, and um, saying how she was saying how like you know when people say like we all know we take this for granted. When you're, if your mother's alive, you need to make sure. You're calling them and there for them and around them and blah, 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 blah. Because we do take for granted every day that, you know, I can get up and I can call my mom and say, hey, what's going on? What's, what's, what's going on? You're annoying or whatever the situation is. So I wanted to take this time because I said, you know, it's it's weird because I think all of us or people, I should say, around my age, we don't even really typically think about death probably until... I will say the past four years, maybe, is when death really start coming up, for me at least. And um, whether that been a friend or that been with my own personal family, obviously I've had someone pass away years ago. I've had people pass away years ago, so I know how it feels. But I think for it to show up and be so present in your face, it seems like that's where we're at now. And it just got me to thinking, like, what do I want my legacy to be? What do I want, you know, people to think about Drew? (laughs) And I have an answer, but I'm not going to reveal it. But I just, I think that it's important that we all start to think about what do we want to leave behind us? What do we want people to know about us? Or whether you have children or family members that... What do you want people to know about you? Do you have something to leave, you know? I just think that that's so important. And I, you know, I remember I used to have my grandfather's $2 bill. I don't know where that $2 bill went. And I used to cherish that thing like as if it was the best thing since sliced bread. I no longer have it. But I'm so into like, I, I went on Ancestry and I made my little family tree and I did a 23 and Me Like, I'm interested to know, like, the the people that came before me. Like, I want to know what they did, who they were. So I think it's important to just leave your mark. And I don't want this to be a long video, but I just think it's really important to leave a mark. You can have whatever you have, whether you have a big fancy car or a big house or degrees. But how did you make people feel is what I think is important or Oh, my grandfather or my father was this important that I decided to keep this forever, you know? And I think that's what's important about life sometimes. So I'm going to end it on that. I don't want to get too da-da-da-da-da. 
So next week, I'm going to talk to you guys about, um, I guess I'll give you an update on my trip. I'm going to talk to you guys about um, once the child is placed with you, what to expect. Like as far as like workers, appointments, all of that shit. I'll give you a little bit more detail in that. Um, we'll keep this little series part going, mini-series going of Forced to Care. And um, if you guys have any questions or any concerns, oh my God, I feel like I'm at work. If you have any questions um, or anything you want me to discuss, hit up the Drew Presents, the number one, at gmail.com. Um, and I'll take some questions and some, I'll give you some answers. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. I'm out.